The Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone, Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone, my sweet zaddies. This episode of the Zaddy Zone is brought to you by a product I use literally every morning first thing. AG1. It is the ultimate multivitamin, especially if you want to make health and wellness simple for yourself. So what's in it and why do I take it every morning? Well, one scoop of AG1, I'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, the nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. My favorite ingredients in particular in there, I love getting zinc first thing in the morning and I love getting some ashwagandha because I know it's great for all of those stressful days, right? It's keto, it's paleo, it's vegan. Can you imagine meeting that as a person, a keto paleo vegan, they would be terrible. But this as a product is delicious. It supports clear thinking, better gut health. It's a delicious way to start every day. And you start the day with like a serving of greens. That is a win. Let's talk cost. $3 a day. Don't at me. Less than a coffee a day, you can have athletic greens. $3 a day. I started drinking it because Andrew Huberman drinks it. David Sinclair drinks it. Tim Ferriss drinks it. And I do what they do because, well, they, they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Athletic Greens is going to give you, listen to this, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash zaddy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash zaddy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, today I get to talk to Dr. Alexander Rivkin, MD. He invented the non-surgical nose job. He is a graduate of Yale Med School, is a professor at UCLA, and the owner of Westside Aesthetics in Los Angeles. Dr. Rivkin excels at providing state-of-the-art non-surgical aesthetic procedures that compete with the outcomes of plastic surgery. Doc, g'day. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Good to see you. I'm very well, thank you. Let's be honest about your beautiful blue eyes. Are they real or have you, have you <laughs> plastic surgeried them? Uh, uh, they, they are real. We have not gotten to the point of eye transplants just yet for aesthetic, uh, aesthetic purposes, but uh, you know, probably will. Well, well, let me know because uh, if I could get some baby blues, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Let's dive straight into it. Um, you can see me clearly, can't you? Yeah. It's it's a little bit it's a little grainy. It's a little grainy, but you're a professional. You'll be able to figure it out. What would you do to my face if I gave you full control over it? Let's go. Oh, uh, oh boy, <laughs> you're killing me because you. Okay, here. So it's kind of okay. Now it's okay. Now we're good. Now we're clear because it was like a little bit unfair. Okay, your fit. I mean, you're beautiful just the way you are. Just want you to know that. Don't get cute with me, Rivkin. I know that you know what you're talking. I know that you can do some amazing things. Let's go. I mean, I, you know, I usually, resp I usually, people usually come to me when, with a kind of like certain concerns. Um, right. But you're, I mean, literally, you're doing good. I mean, do you want, is like a, you know, is like a jawline? You want, you know, the, you want, you want like a kind of, more, more, more heft to the the old jawline kind of thing. With like I could a, pop, I could pop a jawline. I could have my nose made more symmetrical. I could do a lot of things. Your nose is actually pretty good. I think your nose you is like pretty it? good. Yeah, I do. Thank I you. think well, I think your nose is good. Well, the reason I know about you is because um, the the woman who does who gave like did laser on my face, Gabriella Gerby. She's a previous guest on this podcast. She said nobody knows noses 
like Dr. Rivkin. And that's why I started following you on Instagram, which by the way, is a joy. It's so nice to see a doctor's office that actually has fun. Thank you. But yeah, nobody knows noses like you. You came up with the a non-surgical nose job. Can you tell me how that kind of came about? Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, well, okay, so my training is surgical, right? So I'm, I, my training is yeah, ear, nose, and throat, head, and neck surgery. Mm. So I've done rhinoplasty. I've done, like, I've done cosmetic procedures, surgical procedures. And so in doing rhinoplasty, I know what I'm looking for to get a good result, and then suddenly all these, these fillers came out about 2003, 2004, Restylane first that got FDA approved. And, and, I, and a friend of mine, okay, so a friend of mine is Armenian and she's always was, has been self-conscious about this, this curve to her nose. Mm-hmm. And she was visiting me and I had these fillers that we were using for, you know, other stuff. Like we were filling in these labial folds and stuff like that. And I thought, God, you know. I could probably do this. This is probably really easy. I mean, opening her up, taking a chisel to her nose, doing all this surgical stuff. Instead, I can like in 10 minutes, I mean, 10 minutes, in one minute, I can put a little bit of filler here, a little bit of filler here, prop her nose up like that, and she'll be good to go. So we did it. And she was, she was thrilled. She was just like, I could never conceive that in one minute or whatever it was that I've been thinking about this for years, years and years. And you just fixed it in, in like a minute. It was so that was pretty cool. And how, and how long do they last? You know, for instance, your friend who's Armenian, how long did what you did to her nose? How long does that last? You just using filler and not cutting somebody open? At the time, it was uh, I was using filler that lasted about six months. Okay. Now there's much more long lasting fillers. I just saw a patient where I was using a filler called Voluma and I just saw her three years later and she's doing fine. Wow. You know, it depends. And the coolest thing of all, we have permanent fillers now. Wow. And I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just, I really actually think this is really cool. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fine with nobody going to like, you know, I'm not trying to sell this procedure, but I'm just, I just think it's like, because every day I do it and every day people like, I mean, I see almost every day people cry in my chair, which is like from, from joy, mind you, not from like, mm, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you have to sell it anyway. It doesn't sound no. like you have to sell it. It seems like you're perfectly busy because people like really would love to have this stuff done. So you're not selling it. You don't need to. Because it's amazing. You can do this thing with a temporary filler that's reversible anytime. These hyaluronic acid fillers, if you want to bring them down, you inject some enzyme in there mm-hmm. and it dissolves them. So you can do a temporary procedure that's dissolvable and three months later, bring them back and say, okay, was that amazing? And they say, yeah, it was really amazing. And then switch out to permanent filler and then do two sessions of that, you're done. Yeah, so what if somebody comes in, I've seen your work and I've seen the way you can make noses more symmetrical and make the ridge, I suppose you'd call it, like more triangular or angular or something like that. What if people want to have like a Michael Jackson nose? Like what if they're like, I want to have a smaller nose. Do we need to go in then and and then you have surgery? Like is there a place for surgery and not? for the non-invasive? Yeah, a lot of times, so the people that come to see me are either people that want to bring the tip up mm-hmm. or they want to camouflage a bump or they want to lift the bridge of the nose, like with Asian noses or African-American noses, they want to lift the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've had surgery and they have just a nose that looks like it's been operated on with you know collapse of the cartilage or mm-hmm. you know kind of see the outline of the cartilage and stuff like that. So they want to make the nose look less obviously surgical. So these are the kinds of patients that are kind of bread and butter 
patients for me. If a patient comes in and they already know that this procedure can't physically reduce the nose, but what they also know, because I keep talking about it all the time in the videos, is that when you make a nose straight, it actually looks smaller, right? So you can take a nose with a bump, add to it, make the bump camouflaged, make the nose blend into the rest of the face and make it look smaller, which I thought was really pretty cool. <laughs> That's very cool. So you're adding it to it by making it look smaller, by making the nose blend into the rest of the face. But yeah, when people come in and they've got just noses that need to be reduced, I refer them to my colleagues and I know some really good rhinoplasty surgeons. Got it. And, and then what if somebody comes in and they're like, oh, like, I want this, I, I don't know, like, you know, like, like the jawline or the nose or something. And they're like, I know that there's just something off about it, but I don't know what it is. Do you have a way of like technically making, technically figuring it out what needs to be better? Like, how do you figure that out? I'll just look at it, honestly. I mean, you know, I mean, this whole, you'll see plenty of videos on Instagram of people like taking out like all sorts of like complex equipment and like doing all sorts mm. of like laser, laser measuring and it's all, it's all theater, you know? I mean, if you can't, as a, as a practitioner, if you can't look at someone's nose and determine what needs to be done right away, you know, maybe you don't have the eye for it. Maybe you just kind of, this is not, the, this is not the thing for you, but it's just, I look at it and in my mind, I just have already a sense of what's kind of what I want to see. Like I want, you know, mostly I want to see a straight nose, but I don't, mm -hmm. I, I want to see a nose that's also balanced with the chin. And so sometimes in, in making a straight nose, I have to bring the tip out. When I bring the tip out and the chin is back, the nose looks, gets a lot more attention because it's projected out. So a lot of times, so it's kind of funny. The other thing is that when people come in and they say, oh, I have a big nose or my nose projects too much, I want to make it smaller. My answer a lot of times is that you can, you can make it smaller or I can just bring your chin out with fillers and make it proportional mm -hmm. and then your nose looks smaller. You know, that's kind of cool too. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to ask you, out of all the Hollywood men, let's just go, let's just start here. Out of all the men in Hollywood. Oh man. Okay. Who's had the who's had the who's had the best work done? Jeez, I have no idea. Well, because it's the best, right? Because it's the best, so you don't know. That's the that's the point, right? That's the point. And people come in and they're like, Oh, you know, I don't want lip fillers or I don't want Botox. And I don't I, I can always tell when somebody's had Botox or lip fillers. I'm like <clears throat> I'm like Honey, you, you can't <laughs> believe right, me. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they get they get good work done. It's the it's the ones that that you know don't that miss the mark. Um, well, that you can tell, you know. And then my second my my corollary answer to that is you don't understand just how many people in this city of Los Angeles have had work done. Like you you're walking down the street, you don't you know you think that these people are. You know, like as their as their mamas made them, but they're they're not. You know, people do it all the time. Yes, yeah, so, and that's kind of what you pride yourself off, isn't it? Is doing work that's natural and doesn't seem to be like overly noticeable. That people are like, well, that's a very good looking person. Little do they know, they've had a little bit of work done, a very natural amount. Yeah, and that's. I mean, all the time I have in my people, <laughs> people sit in that chair, and they're like, okay. And for some, and this is and this is very interesting cultural thing that I, I just, I've never kind of, I mean, I, I kind of understand, but I, I kind of it's kind of still very mysterious to me. They'll sit in the chair and they're like, "I'm not supposed to be here. My husband doesn't know." You know, like this kind of thing. Like 
my husband really disapproves of this kind of thing. So I, we need to do something that my husband won't be able to tell. And I'm like, that's weird on so many levels. You know, it's like what your husband is in charge of your body. That's kind of strange. Like you want to do something, but your husband doesn't like, he's just like, Oh, I like, I don't like those girls that do Botox. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know that I've been coming to you to do Botox for the last 15 years. I mean, and that's like, literally that's, that's, I see that all the time. And then they go and then they, they are like, you know, okay. So when we do the, but the best thing is I was injecting. (laughs) So I was injecting in uh, Bahrain, right? So I'm injecting the Middle East and I see all these, all these, all these women come, come through and some of them are dressed in, in, in kind of like partial hijab Mm -hmm. and we come, we come to do the injections. And one of them is like, I want this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay. And I want my lips done. Okay. But my, my husband can never know. Can, he can never, never know, never know. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, how much time do we have? Like, you know, is your husband coming back from a, from a trip or something like that? Because I'm curious. It's like, how much healing time? And she's like, oh, he's in the waiting room. He's waiting for me. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> Right, so that's that's impossible, right? You can't you can't you can't have work done and walk out of the wait into the waiting room and not have it be noticeable. Surely there's got to be a puffy inflammation point. Slightly, slightly. I mean, they, I think they I think they're still married. I think they're still together. It was successful. Let's say I, I did it, and then nothing. You know, I, my, our waiting room did not get trashed, so it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I actually hear that Bahrain. That's in Iran, isn't it? Isn't that one of the most like where plastic surgery is the most prolific? It's almost there's more plastic surgery in Iran than there is in Los Angeles. Is that true? Oh no, that's that's true about Iran. No, Bahrain is oh, is next to Saudi. Oh. It's a small, it's a little tiny country next to Saudi. Got it. And so it's a separate, it's a separate place. But yeah, you're right about Iran. There's like there's an immense number of uh, rhinoplasties that happen there specifically, but also cosmetic surgery. In wow. What is what is it? Do you think that culturally that people are so ashamed of having plastic surgery done? What 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 is that exactly? I think they associate it, it's it's a moral. Yeah. They judge they judge people, and they associate mm-hmm. it with vanity, you know, and they associate they're saying they're saying oh that person went through a lot of risk to themselves physically right because there's anesthesia risk and surgical risk and all this kind of stuff. And for and, and a lot of expense as well that they could have been spending their money on something mm-hmm. different. And yet they did it on their cells and they did it on their face. And that person is vain. That person is shallow, whatever. And then suddenly, and they've been going, so they go through thinking those things about other people. And then suddenly they hit like, you know, 40 or 45 and they think, oh my God, I want to do this. Right. Am I shallow and, 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 you know, and vain? Oh, oh, I'm, oh my God. So it's like this whole like silly thing. And is it is it vanity that makes people want to look their best? I mean, surely looking your best and being vain are two different things. I mean, I, I think we're we're all we're all animals, you know. We're all we're all just like a bunch of monkeys running around, and and we want to we just we want to look better. We want to look good. Yeah. Because here's the thing, right? I I I talk about um, some of the lectures that I deliver at conferences are I talk about trans, non-surgical transgender procedures. And so I talk about femininity and masculinity a lot. And, uh, and as we talk, as I talk about that, I think of a lot about what makes someone attractive and why, you know, what's the point and stuff like that. And it's all, it's, it's hardwired. I mean, it's like 
the, it's, it's hardwired within us as human beings to want to optimally reproduce. We look for people who are attractive, who, are, who look healthy and who look fertile and who look symmetrical and who look proportional in their features. And those to our eye are signals that this is someone that we want to, you know, we want to mate with. And it's just, it's, it's animal. There's not, it's not something. And unfortunately, the, I mean, we can, as human beings in our society, try to make our society much more inclusive. And I think that's really important to do. But I think it's hard to rid ourselves as individuals from a desire to be attractive to other people. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, uh, I think it probably is an association with actually like the, the, the people look down upon plastic surgery is they associate it with bad work. <laughs> they, they associate yeah, it no, with, no, no, no. But you're right. You're, you're right in what you said. But I do think that people are like, they, they think about the women who look like this, you know, yeah, 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 shocked right. all the time and look like they couldn't possibly eat anything or chew anything with those lips. That's what they think about when they think of plastic surgery. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, uh, yeah, that's because they can, they can tune in. They can tune into the, like, you know, real housewives or of, of like whatever city any day of the week, see that in front of the screen all day long. Yeah, exactly. I have a, a bunch of questions from some followers for you, uh, especially in regards to when should I start getting filler? You know, it seems to be, is there, a, is it good to get it when the fine lines start appearing? Like, is it better to start early in the filler rather than start it later? What do you think on, on that? What's, what's your opinion? So I think, um, I think this is a really important point. Um, I've had, so I've been in practice now for about almost 20 years and I've had some patients that have been with me fairly regularly for almost 20 years. Those patients are different from the normal population. If they've been getting Botox or Xeomin, Botox, Dysport, whatever the, the, the brand is, mm -hmm. if they've been getting it for regularly, they're different. They don't form these kinds of standing lines that a lot of us do, right? So the more you go like this, the more you form a line here. The more you go like this, the more you form a line mm -hmm. here. If you don't, if your muscles are a little bit weaker and you don't do, do that that much, you don't form those kinds of etched in standing lines. So there is a pre preventative component to Botox, you know, so people come in that, well, that are relatively young and they ask me about it and I say, you know, look, there's no, again, there's no moral judgment about, there should never be any moral judgments about this kind of thing. And I, I use half doses as preventative doses. Mm. They're still moving, they're still natural, nothing, you know, no, no change, nobody would ever know they're doing it, but they're preventing the development of these lines in the future. Now in, with toxin, that is very much true. And it's true here, it's true for this area, for this area, and for this area. For filler, it's, I, I don't see that as being really true. Filler, I don't think has a preventative function, although other procedures like microneedling or facials, occasional laser, they do, they stimulate collagen growth in the skin and they are good for maintaining skin quality. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think use of small doses of toxin, like once every maybe six months or so they come in, it's great, really works well. Yeah. Okay, got it. So you're saying that like general filler that's not toxic filler shouldn't be used preventatively or it isn't preventative, but toxic and facials and microneedling 
and laser is preventative. Yeah, I think that I think that that does work. I mean, filler can be used. I mean, I use filler, you know, in patients that are young for you know for the nose and just for for attractiveness yeah. sake, for like proportion or for you know to do whatever, but. Um, but really not, not really preventative. Got it. So in your 20 years of doing this, which is an amazing amount of time, how has the technology advanced? Really massively. First of all, we have many more fillers and many more options for people to choose from, for me to choose from. And we have four different brands of botulinum toxin, and they all, they're a little bit different. They all are very effective, all four of them, but they feel a little bit different. So some people prefer one that comes on faster, it's a little stronger, or the other comes on a little slower, maybe it's a little more mellow, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. And then we have fillers, some that are very, very soft for the lips, some that are more firm for the nose or for the chin or for the jaw. And we have one coming out actually at the end of the year that's going to be a big, a big one. It's it's very firm and it lasts for a very long time. So for the jawline specific, it'll be awesome. Mm. So I'm going to be using that for the jaw and for the nose. I'm hoping that it'll routinely last more than two years. And also our understanding of the anatomy of the face and how the face ages has really advanced quite a bit. So we understand more about what happens when we age, how the fat pads shift and shrink, how lines develop, how what, what happens with the ligaments of the face, you know, holding things together and how that changes over time. So it's really cool. So the knowledge is really advanced. And we can target our treatments much more precisely to what's really going on and make things look natural, you know? Because we used to be, people come in, all they would see was these nasal labial lines. They think that this is the only reason they look older. And so we would, well, and, and a lot of us wouldn't kind of understand aging. And so they would fill these lines. And so these people were like clearly older, right? So the rest of their face looked like they were 50, but here, right here, they looked like they were 17, right. and it was really bizarre, yeah. right? And so now we've kind of, you know, we've advanced. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody has an issue with this part of their face, it's like, well, there's actually, it's about lifting or helping other parts of the face in order to help that area. Is that correct? That's Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't, I mean, there's always, it's, it's funny because in, in our, you know, there's always fashions right and so we had there was a fashion where you can't treat here you have to treat the cheeks mm. but there's no there's no absolutes in in it's art you know what we're doing is art what we're doing is 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 creative mm -hmm. and so everybody's different every patient is different you have to treat to the patient you have to treat to what the issue actually is so sometimes i'm just doing the cheeks Sometimes, but a lot of times I do have to fill here because it's not enough. Because mm -hmm. if I was to fill the cheeks in some patients enough to where this is like actually lifted up, these cheeks would be way too big. And I wouldn't want that. Yeah. So you have to do it in a way that's very specific to the, to the patient involved. And then how, like, are there fashions in what's beautiful and what's not? Have you noticed over time that like, you know, what's, what was beautiful 20 years ago isn't what's beautiful now? I mean, I know it's certainly true of like eyebrows and makeup. And, you know, things that, you know, you can control outwardly. But have you noticed changes there with how people are getting work in order to fit with a fashion of beauty? To some degree, yes. I mean, one bellwether is the constantly shifting butt size of the Kardashian family. Oh, yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Love it. <laughs> up and down and up and down, you know. You know where is it today? I don't know. <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, that's certainly a fashion is like little waist, big boobs, big ass. That, that wasn't 
true of the nineties. The nineties were those those skinny supermodels, and you know, you could say you could say that it's it's healthier now, but it's also almost less realistic than what it was in the nineties. Like it's just so mad, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. It's just it's 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 weird. People follow this kind of like celebrity culture. It's kind of it's 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 bizarre. People follow these these individuals and they worship them. Yeah. I don't know why, but um, I think that what I've seen in terms, I mean, I, I deal with, I deal with mostly the face really. Mm-hmm. I've seen sharp jawlines now that we can do that non-surgically. I've seen sharp jawlines really become um, something that people are concerned about, something that people really desire. And again, that can be done well, or that can be done not so well. Right. And so you have, sometimes you have women who have gotten these kinds of procedures and they're overdone on the jawline. So they look mad, they've masculinized, yeah. right? And that's not a great mm-hmm. thing. Sometimes people want that and that's okay. But the other thing I've seen, which is really interesting, I think, is gender fluidity. I think that's really interesting. I have patients coming in who don't want the classic thing, right? I mean, I have you know males who want to look more feminine, you know, females that want to look more masculine mm. and they want to have this kind of gender fluidity. And I think that's fantastic because it's just, it really, I'm, I'm just so happy that the tools I have can make someone feel more like how they feel inside mm. and that that's easy to achieve. You know, it's not having someone walking around anymore feeling like they're different inside than the world treats them from the outside. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's pretty cool. So I think that's it that's is fascinating. You're like a painter or a sculpt. You're a sculptor. That's what you are. It's yeah, it's fun. My, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never used to do any of this kind of stuff. That's the, that's the funny thing. The, the closest I ever came to sculpting was when I wanted to, when I didn't want to um, study when I was in, in school. I would make little little like plasticine little figures and put little pins in them and have them like you know <laughs> fight. You know, like I mean, I, my mom would come in and she would squish them. <laughs> But she would still say that, you know, that I was some sort of genius mm-hmm. artist, which I clearly wasn't. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> so uh, you, you talked about the, what you've learned about how faces now age or, or how we age. What are the environmental factors that can affect the way that our faces age? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think always the sun and smoking are the two, well, sun, smoking, alcohol, mm. the three biggest ones. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about the really obvious ones. Like you should be, you really probably, if you want to be attractive, you probably shouldn't do meth. Yes. But aside from that, that being given the other things um, I think are, uh, yeah, I, and those are the things that really are um, important. And, and, and it's funny because like, you know, being on Instagram also, you get like at, at one, I think I, I just put up recently a post about some dude, <laughs> some dude put up a picture of himself, like, uh, like with a, with the private parts blocked out, like pointing his butt, putting, pointing his butthole at yeah. the sun and think, and like, and the whole thing was like, Oh, I'm going to like, when I sun my butthole, it's going to make me really like healthy. <laughs> you know, that's not the case. That's like a like bizarre and be not good for you. So the sun is just, we get enough vitamin, I mean, especially in, like in California, but in sunny places, we get enough enough sun that, that, that we need. Um, 
it's you got to be careful about about sun exposure. You got to be careful about smoking. You shouldn't drink other environmental toxins. I don't know that it's that that there's that much of it. I mean, there's a little bit. I yeah, I, I think if you eliminate the sun, you eliminate so much, so it's such a huge percentage of the damage done to your skin. And I certainly, I mean, hydration is important. Of course, you should drink enough water. Um, and we don't. None of us do that. I don't do that. None of us do that enough. But you know, diet-wise and toxin-wise, and I think people go overboard in terms of trying to control what they eat and control, you know, toxins mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And you know, and, and let me just let me just put in one word about a, a favorite a favorite topic of mine. Just I don't know why, but colonics don't help you. Like they just don't. Like it's not. It's, I don't know. It's just not, not something. I love that you felt compelled to say that. Uh, I had one once. It was kind of, it was kind of fun. I, I didn't think that it would be doing anything for my uh, appearance. Uh, I, I just thought it was, uh, that it was a fad of cleaning out the colon, which needed to happen. And your colon probably does a good enough job of that unless you are predisposed to having colon cancer, you know, genetically. That's my personal thought. I did. I used to do coffee enemas. That's what I used to do <laughs> back in the day. Do you hate me? Dude. Are you upset? <laughs> no, no. I just think I just think the concept of putting I've got I've got a cup of coffee right here. I like go, I like it going in, in one direction. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but it is the coffee high of your life, Doc. I'm telling you. Really? The That's interesting. I didn't the, know that. The caffeine hit that. is is incredible. Like it's not it, it's not anxiety inducing like like taking like drinking caffeine can do. It it's like this firm, beautiful high. Um, but I was just like, this is silly. I was 25. Why am I doing this? My colon works perfectly fine. I need to stop doing this. <laughs> uh, listen, you're, 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 you're a very handsome guy. I want to know, I want to know how, I, let's, let's talk about you and have you had some work done? And if you have, have you done it to yourself? Um, uh, oh, okay. So mostly no, occasionally. So I'll do Botox every once in a while. I'm probably, I'm kind of, you know, let's see. I'm due. I think I'm due. Yeah, I'm due a little bit. So I, I'm like, this is great. I can I can examine myself as we saw as we speak. I uh, I'll do. I, I, I've done a couple of times toxins to myself just because I like. Then I know it's coming, and so I'm not. You know, no surprise. I'm good with in, with needles going this way. I'm not so good with needles right. going this way. Right. So pain is pain is not my favorite mm -hmm. thing, and so. I, I've done myself with with toxin where I put the needle up to here and then I go like that, like mm -hmm. that, and then that's that's how it. For some reason, psychologically speaking, that's like more. I don't know. I, I I can take it better, but usually I just have my I have my nurses do it. I used to have tear troughs. I used to have hollows underneath here when I was uh, mm. when I was younger. I did have that filled many, many years ago. And it's like still okay, which is crazy. I mean, wow. and this, you know, this procedure in particular, I, this, I love this. I really love because it lasts for such a long time. I mean, this has been at least seven years, mm. seven to 10 years since I've done anything. So that's been a really good one. And then, uh, yeah, tox, uh, toxin, this like a long time ago. And then here, I need more. My, you don't need, can I, sorry, just as a, from a professional standpoint of myself, you don't need more, bro. You look perfectly shiny and fine. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, I am, I, I'm married and so my wife's not going anywhere. So I'm, I'm, it's okay. Right. But you're getting, you're getting high. Don't get high on your own supply. 
You're getting high on your own supply. <laughs> Um, I have some que- I have some questions from my listeners. Uh, any suggestions for under eye bags? You just talked about that. Is 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 getting filler under the eye good for the bags? Yeah, I think it depends on the patient. And it depends on the mm. person. If it really is bags where it's puffiness, mm. sometimes you have to have that reduced surgically. Oh. But if it's a hollow, then you can fill it with filler. And great thing about this is that a it's a fairly simple procedure. It lasts forever. I mean, I have seven years. I have pictures before and afters of my patients seven years out, and they're still fine. Wow. I mean, depends. depends. Some people two years, some people five years, seven years. Got it. And it's reversible anytime. So even if, like, a few years down the road, things change, people lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is, and it doesn't look quite right, you can always adjust it with enzyme, which is, like, that's the ideal thing. Mm -hmm. Having something last for a super long time that you can still adjust any time. It's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So I, I love it. Um, I have mari- marionette lines. Help. Are marionette lines the lines around here? Where are marionette lines? Yeah. So it's, oh, here, here. Yeah, it's right here. So these, that's fillable. Those are, that, those are easy with filler. Should be easy. Right. And the interesting thing about these is that there's ligaments underneath here. And so they are kind of the the, the transition between the chin area and the jowl area, right? Mm. And so if there's too much, if these are deep, this looks bigger, right? Because there's a contrast. Like this, if this is kind of, these are empty and this is full, this looks more full mm. because this is empty, because the area next to it is empty. You fill these, this looks smaller because everything blends together. Mm. So that's kind of cool. Where yeah. if somebody will come in and complaining of this, be like, why don't we fill ahead of it and blend it in and it looks better? So, got it, got it. Somebody asked, um, and I just had to put this in here, but, um, my why is my penis purple? <laughs> I don't know, why is your penis purple? <laughs> Some people have purple penis. <laughs> we should make a song about that, about purple penises, I think. <laughs> Uh, what about treatments that you do at your office that are good for people on a budget? Mm. Well, one thing we do in our office that are really good for people budget is, well, okay. So there's a couple of things, really aesthetic treatments. You know, Botox is not super expensive and it's really good for prevention. I think, especially since it's per unit, you pay only per unit, especially for people that are younger that want to do prevention really doesn't cost very Mm. much. There's specials that run and stuff like that, but you know, also, these kinds of PRP, microneedling treatments, they're not, not super pricey. Mm-hmm. What we have is a thing for people with self-harm scars. And so this is something that for several years now I've been doing. It's a, it's, the program is called Roll Up Your Sleeves. And I do it with an actress, Michelle Worth. We put this program together mm. where people who have self-harm scars, essentially they can come in and if they qualify in terms of financially, they, I don't charge them. Oh, wow. To, to do whatever I can to reduce those scars. So if the scars are raised, we kind of, we try to flatten them out. If they're dark, we try to make them lighter. We just do whatever we can to try to improve those things. No, I don't, I don't charge people for that. So that's important. You know, cutting or whatever, whatever it is that people do, they, you know, there's depression. A lot of times it's, it's accompanied by um, these kinds of behaviors. And it's, it's tough for people because it's, it's, it's in their past and they've moved on, but the scars are still there. And so it costs a constant reminder and they're subconscious about, you know, going, having people see them and make judgments about them um, because of these scars. And so 
it holds them back a lot of times from, from jobs, from education. And so um, what we have is a program where if you qualify financially, we uh, treat you for free. Um, and it's been, it's been good. We do whatever we can. It's not, we can't, we can't take them all away sometimes because when they're, when they're white and flat, there's not a lot we can do, but when they're raised, we can mm. flatten them, make them less noticeable. When they're col- discolored, um, we can make them, we can, we can make them a little lighter. And if they're indented, so like really like deep cuts, and if they're, the scars are indented, we can fill them up and make them flat again, camouflage. Mm. So that's been, it's been really kind of nice. I love that. So what about, um, somebody asked about thread lifts. What do you think of thread lifts? You know, I don't do them. Mm. I don't, we don't really do threads that much. We do. There's one, one, um, nurse practitioner in the office that does them and she does, she does them and they, they turn out well. I don't do them very much because now I do just basically noses all day long. Mm. People, some people like them. I, I think there's a little bit of variability. You have to be, you have to go to somebody who's really good because a bad job with a thread lift can really can not a look not so good and also can have uh, side effects that are not not great. So you have to be careful about who you go to with those. Yeah, got it. So I, you know, so we do them a little bit, but not not too much. I we used to be really not a fan of them, but then enough people that I trust in the medical community like them and, and use them successfully that I, I think it can be done well. Yeah, got it. Uh, I, I want to find out about you a little bit more and ask you, drop the skincare routine. I want to hear it. Let's go. Hit me. Oh, this, <laughs> um, actually, you know, for a guy, I actually do. Okay. So I'm unusual because I actually do something in the morning and do something wow. at night. Revolutionary. Which, Right. For guys, the guys don't usually do that. I didn't used to, used to do that for a long time until I felt like I was getting like, you know, decrepit. So I'll use, uh, there's, we, we have, uh, there's a line that's, that I have, we have a bunch of different products. There's a, um, there's also a line called Elastin that I think is a very good line. And there's uh, retinol. I use among in my within my line, there's a retinol product that I like up quite a bit, and that's good because it turns the skin over over time. It's it's a nice, uh, you know. How often nice do you thing. use the retinol? Three times a week. Okay, or so. and then you, we're using an SPF 50 on your face. I uh, I should I should, but, but, you, <laughs> but I'm indoors oh, so, you're in, you're so much. But I usually I'm indoors all the time, and I but you can still you know I use I use some. I don't use a 50, but I. I'll use like a, you know, I'll use like a 20 or a 20, you know, whatever it is, 30. And it, it, if it you're works. inside all the time, surely a 20 would be fine. Like even the sun that hits you through a window. I think so. That'd be a minimal uh, effect. Um, listen, you're an MD, which means that you don't just know about noses and fillers and all this stuff. You know a lot about, tell me about your knowledge of the medical field in general. You were, an MD means that you know everything that there is to know, pretty much, or you know a lot about medicine in general. Is that correct? Uh, 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 Don't be scared. <laughs> no. Be truthful, because I've seen your stuff on monkeypox and 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 COVID, and you would you you speak up about these things. So I want to, I just want to understand what your knowledge is of all this stuff, so that I can ask you more questions. Well, a lot of people call me a well, a lot of people call me an idiot when I when I post these yeah. kinds of things. So you know, I don't know. I think I know some, but you know. There's some Instagram people that, that 
that feel they know a lot more. So I don't know. Oh, I know, mate. Yesterday I posted that I that walking is good for you, and you wouldn't believe the amount of people. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, are you kidding? What's your problem? It doesn't doesn't matter what you post about. As far as health and well being is concerned, people will yell at you from the other side, and it's just ridiculous. But I really appreciate that you do speak up about these things because it's absolutely fascinating. But please go on, tell me. Yeah. So during COVID, I mean, I you know we're here, we're we're at home, we got nothing to do. And so um, during COVID, I, it's just like there's so much misinformation flying around. I mean, just clear, like just wrong stuff that, that people were getting from like politicians and, and, and other kinds of idiots. It was really frustrating. So my, I had my wife and, and just and getting through and explaining things were, was kind of frustrating sometimes because you had to go you in order to really explain something thoroughly i felt like it was it's it's hard to communicate these concepts sometimes you know because they're they're you know they can be complex like how the cells interact and all this kind of stuff so my wife's an architect and she can draw and which i cannot and so i had her do like these kind of little whiteboard cartoons about how COVID works, how the COVID vaccine works. Wow. And so we conception, so we put our like our three-year-old in front of the camera and told him to like flip, you know, flip the boards. And I, that was I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> so that was my one attempt at at, at cartoon explaining. I love that. I really but I try, you know, I mean I don't know. It's just it's it's something where um, it's you know if I feel like if you have a platform and like you do as well, you know, if you have a platform, there's so much misinformation out there that it's nice to use your platform for to get good information out. And you know, I, I applaud you for doing that and try to do some of that my own, you know, myself. Yeah, I really appreciate your platform. I love all the before and afters of people's faces, and I love the stuff about the information about COVID, monkeypox. You recently posted about, which I really appreciated. And every so often, you guys do a funny one, and so do more of those because we like them. Yeah, it's fun. I got okay. You know what the funniest thing about it is? I'll go to conferences within my field, and I walk in. And there's all these nurses and, you know, nurse practitioners and docs and stuff like that. And mostly it's the nurses and nurse practitioners because they're the ones that are younger. They're on, on Instagram and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I walk in and, like, they know me. Like, it's weird. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, oh, my God. It's it's Rifkin. Oh, my God. I'm like, wow. what are you talking about? And they know, you know, and, you you, you know, you want to be known when you if the if the prospect of being known comes to want comes to you, you know, you want to be known. You know, for certain things, maybe. Oh, Rivkin! Yeah. Wow, he's such a genius. Oh my God, he knows so much. And like, oh wow, this—he's just so dashingly good looking. No, <laughs> they know me because of the funny videos. They're like, oh, this exactly. is like a funny video. And it's like, it's really cool. It's nice, you know. Yeah, take 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 fame anyway it comes, mate. It's all good. Doc, how can we find you and follow you? Um, where are you on social media? So I mean, um, Instagram and with Dr. Rifkin and Rifkin Aesthetics. And on uh, TikTok at uh, Rifkin Aesthetics. I've got to find you. And um, what else? Oh, yeah, and YouTube. And also your, the website for Westside Aesthetics is? Yeah, so it's, it's Westside Aesthetics or Rifkin Aesthetics. You know, you can type that in and you'll, you'll find it. It's westsideaesthetics.com. Okay, excellent. Mate, it's been so fun talking to you. I really appreciate your time. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Zaddy Zone, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our podcast five stars. And if you feel so generous, please write a review. 
say how much you loved it. Um, I only want to provide value to you, and I hope you're feeling some value by listening to it. We're not asking for any money. Just a nice old rate, review, subscribe. XOXO. Zaddy.